Hey, hockey moms, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. And now a word from tonight's sponsor. Hello, this is Dan Martin for Between the Buns in downtown Potsdam to tell you about our new menu. It's been revamped with you in mind. From boneless wings, the El Diablo burger, peanut butter burger, a whole section of wraps, club sandwiches, a pastrami sandwich to die for, and we use only top-of-the-line ingredients to give you a higher-quality meal. Come enjoy live music tonight with local artists. Never a cover charge. Between the Buns is your weekend sports headquarters with 14 big-screen TVs at Between the Buns, located behind Behind hot tamale. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 29. We have the usual suspects with us tonight. Patrick, Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Patrick's our producer. And we also have our nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's your mom And our all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? How we doing, sweet O's? And your host tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. Yeah. Very special guest with us tonight, sitting in with us, Matt DeVosier from the Clarkson Women's Golden Knights. He's a three-time national champion there, two-time back-to-back. How's it going, Coach? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. So where are you guys at in the season right now? Are you on ice, practicing full, full go, or is it still um, a little preseason going on? Yeah, no, we're full goal now. We've uh, we've been full goal for probably about two weeks or so now. Just uh, returned from a trip out in uh, Bemidji, Minnesota, um, from our first weekend last weekend. Got away with two wins there, and then uh, we got a home weekend this weekend against uh, Robert Morris. So is that exhibition or is that regular season? Not regular season. Yeah, we had we had to jump right into the uh, season right away this year. Usually we try that first weekend to get an exhibition game, but just the way the scheduling had to work. Uh, we had to fit them in early there, so we we hit the ground running this year. Nice. So as far as scheduling goes, things changed at all since you started uh, winning national championships. Have you been able to play different teams that you might not have a chance to to get on the schedule? Uh, a little bit. It's actually it's become a little bit more difficult to schedule some teams than that. To be honest <laughs> with you. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's made it a little bit more difficult. Obviously, we we get our 22 league games, and then we get 12 out of conference games. And with those out of conference games, you know, I get to call around other coaches and and see what open weekends they have and see if they want to play. So it's tough to figure out uh, who's got open weekends and and who can make things work. But obviously, it all works out in the end. Nice, Patrick. Do you want to add a question for Matt? Want to get in there on that? Yeah, Matt, I, I was just kind of curious, you know, for me personally and the listeners, I'm not too uh, keen on how the scholarships work between men's and women's NCAA sports. So what do you have to work with to get all these players that you're getting? I mean, you're getting top end talent. What's the difference between the two teams? Yeah, no, it's uh, scholarships work exactly the same way. You know, both programs, Division One teams, they're allowed 18 full scholarships. Um, you're able to kind of divvy those up 
any way you want. You can split those scholarships or you can give full scholarships. Um, so it all, it all depends on, you know, uh, how the coach wants to work it, uh, you know, what type of kids they can get into the program as well. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, the academic side of things play a big part in it. they got to get into school and, and uh, you know, get through admissions and everything and get through uh, the NCAA clearinghouse. And so there's a lot that goes into it when you're, you're recruiting kids. It's pretty similar um, on the men's and women's side in that regard um, for the most part. But, uh, yeah, we have 18 full scholarships to work with, and uh, it's pretty nice to be honest with you. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, and uh, you know, with the big Division One football programs getting 100 scholarships, there's a lot of women's teams actually with Title IX that have more than the men's programs. I know for lacrosse, when I was playing, it was 12.6 for men, but the women had more because they had to make up for that that 100 scholarships throughout the women's team. So there's a lot of times the women's have more. Yeah, Speaking yeah, of- we're pretty fortunate that uh, you know. The men's and women's teams at Clarkson are the only Division One sports, so um, we get traded very equally to the men with regards to <laughs> scholarships and budgets and everything. So it's great. Yeah, it's cool. Speaking of recruiting, um, you know, getting back to uh, you know winning, winning program and uh, being at the top of the the charts for the national championship the last two years and back in 2014, I believe. What's your recruiting process been like? Have you had people, more people coming to you, or are you still having to be, you know, out on the road quite a bit and you know seeking people out? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit of both to be honest with you. I think one thing that uh, has happened since we've had our success is that it's uh, um, just opened the eyes a little bit more to recruits and their parents uh, on who Clarkson is. Yeah, you know, when we first started this program, uh, not a lot of uh, hockey people knew who Clarkson was and where we were and. Um, so now I think that we've we've won some championships in that uh, we're becoming a little bit more of a household name, so to say, in the hockey realms. But then at the same time, you know, we're we're not a big time school like the the Wisconsin's and the Minnesotas of the world. And you know, we have recruits reaching out to us like like a lot of other programs, but maybe not to the same level that those big time programs, like I said, the Wisconsin and the Minnesotas do. So. We still got to get out there. We still got to recruit pretty hard uh, because now we're battling against those those big time schools a lot more. And you have a rink renovation going on too, right? Yeah, it's uh, just going to be starting here real soon. Actually, they, they've started to uh, kind of rope off some areas for all the uh, the equipment and trucks and that to start coming in. So it should be happening pretty soon, which is uh, really exciting. We've been waiting a little while for it, and now it's kind of coming to fruition a little bit. And uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, that'll help the recruiting process as well. Yeah, it should. Hey, Matt. So, I mean, you're a young guy in the scheme of things as far as coaching goes. Um, played at SLU. I think your wife played at SLU. Talk to us. Give us a little bit of background about how you went from, you know, playing into coaching at such a young age. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I grew up and played junior in that. And then, like you said, I, I went to St. Lawrence there. Uh, had a great time at St. Lawrence. Uh, we had some good teams while I was there too. Um, you know, winning some ECAC championships and making it to the Frozen Four my junior year. So we had some good teams there. I, I continued to play uh, after that. I went and played in the minors for I believe five years. Um, but while I was at St. Lawrence, that's where I met my wife, and, and she played hockey too on the women's team. So she was a part of that team that uh, made it to the final game in I believe 2001 as well. So you know. With me, you know, dating my my wife in college and that, I got to know a little bit more about the women's game. 
um, from that side. So I was two years ahead of her. And when I graduated and went off to play in the minors and that, she had two years left. And then once she graduated, she actually came to Clarkson and started the program uh, here as an assistant coach while doing her master's. So she's actually the one that kind of got into coaching first and then kind of, uh, you know, got me into it as well. It's kind of a unique situation, I guess you could say. Is um, you know, once I got done playing hockey, um, I came back to Clarkson, and my wife and I were assistant coaches together for two years um, here at Clarkson. And then, our, yeah, and then our head coach uh, left to take a position at Quinnipiac. So my wife and I got named co-head coaches, uh, where we coached here for uh, six years. Yeah, yeah, so pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we went from like the first five years of our relationship uh, being long distance while I was gone playing hockey, and then uh, all of a sudden one day we were sharing an office together. Uh, the next day, wow. so yeah, we went from one extreme to the other. So uh, yeah, we were fortunate enough where we were able to kind of build the program a little bit, and we actually won our first national championship together here too. So very cool. Very cool. What were some of the the differences between men's and women's that you, you know, uh, that you didn't know or that you know uh, struck out to you the most? Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a different game, obviously, with uh, some of the rules and everything within the women's game as far as like no body checking and that. But it's still a really physical game, and that was something that I had to kind of get used to at the beginning. I would say, you know, when you think of there's no checking it doesn't mean that it's not a physical game and there's no contact being made so you know just kind of learning that and but for the most part everything else is pretty close to the same you know like uh they're high high end high level athletes that want to be able to compete and 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 move on to the next level um so that was a big thing for me uh that i noticed so with that said matt um you know the success you had is almost a, a fairy tale story Almost unbelievable to you know to be honest with you. What are some of your you know without giving away all your secrets? What's some of your success that you have? I mean, it's crazy what you've done with that program since uh, your wife started the program and you took over. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to really put your finger on one one specific thing. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of different things that went into it. I, I think uh, you know when my wife and I took over as head coaches, we kind of had a vision for the direction we wanted to, to take the program and that. And a lot of it was just based on, you know, having hardworking players and, and a good uh, team culture in the locker room. Um, so we kind of focused on that. And then two, I think one element that we brought because we were coaching together was that kind of family, family type atmosphere. And I, th- I think a lot of uh, our players and recruits uh, that appealed to them and their parents that we were able to kind of create that family like atmosphere you know, not only within our program, but at Clarkson and that, and, and that's something that I think, uh, you know, really helped kind of build the foundation of the program. Matt, I want to, I want to ask you, speaking about that recruiting and stuff, talk to me, one of the, my, my child, I have a 21 month old that I've taken to see quite a few games. Yours actually last year and year and a little bit when he was real young year before, but, um, Talk to me about this. When I when I showed up to watch one of your games, I was probably about, you know, came in halfway through the first period at a St. Lawrence game. And I watched uh, number 10 for you, Michaela. I'm going to butcher the last name. <laughs> is that how you say the last name? That's pretty close. It's, it's Paige Leva, but that was close. Page, yeah. Page Leva. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about, 
you know, how she's from the Czech Republic, I believe. And, you know, yeah. what a, I mean, unreal player she is. I mean, she stood out like a sore thumb watching her. Just talk a little bit about how you recruited her and a little bit about what she brings to the team. I mean, uh, she's pretty unreal to watch. Yeah, yeah. We've been pretty fortunate over the last few years to, to get some pretty talented players in here and they have good work ethics and everything too. So it's great. But, uh, yeah, Michaela, we actually call her Misha. That's her nickname. But, uh, <laughs> You know, we were fortunate. Like Misha, Misha played all of her her high school hockey over in North America. Um, okay. She started at a little prep school in in um, in the states here, uh, I believe, for grade nine and ten, and then and then went to uh, Stanford College in Quebec there for grade uh, eleven and twelve years. So uh, we were pretty fortunate that she was in North America already, and we were able to have a chance to kind of see her. Um, a little more often than we probably would if she was over in Europe playing in the Czech Republic and that. But uh, yeah, like we were able to kind of watch her at the, the, the national level too because she's a part of uh, the Czech Republic national team. Um, so we had other opportunities to watch her play throughout those events as well. Do you guys have a limit of how many international players you can have? No, no, we don't. No, not at all. We're, we're pretty heavy uh, international um, for sure. And a lot of people talk about that, but uh, I think a lot of it is just our proximity to some hockey hotbeds, right? You know, Ontario is a pretty big hotbed for women's hockey. The same with uh, Quebec. You know, we're obviously you guys know we're pretty close to the border there. So uh, I think that's a big thing too with the with the women. They want to have that family type atmosphere. So being closer to home is is appealing to a lot of them. So you know, those have kind of just become some some hotbeds of ours that have worked out for us. It's it's pretty amazing. It's crazy what you've done there. Um, can you give a little shout out to George the Tank Frank? Is he the <laughs> uh, equipment manager there? Yeah, Georgie. Uh, this is going to be his second year here. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I love having Georgie around. He's just a he's just a nice, uh, calm, cool, collective guy. Uh, he works pretty hard for us on that, and. Uh, you know, he gets along with the girls. He treats them well, and he's good to the coaching staff, too. So he's great to have part of our staff, for sure. Now, did you get to coach against Joe Mars when he was uh interim coach there in Dartmouth? Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been pretty fortunate. I've stayed in touch with Joe, uh, you know, since my, you know, I ended my playing days at St. Lawrence. Uh, you know, I've always kept in contact with him, and especially since I got into coaching, I've kind of uh, been able to use him as a, as somewhat of a mentor, I guess, you know, being able to kind of call him up or text him and, and bounce things off of him. So, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty fortunate and unique that uh, we were able to kind of coach against uh, him last year when he was, uh, took over Dartmouth for the year. Great guy, isn't he? Oh my God, he's the best guy. He's he's the greatest. He's such a good guy, like away from the rink and that. Uh, the one thing that I always remember and probably the biggest thing I took away from him from his coaching days that I've kind of used in my own is he was always really good at never singling out, you know, specific players or anything with the media or anything like that. It was always like a collective, uh, team oriented, you know, um, he'd talk about himself within the media and, and stuff, but he, he never like buried guys to the media. And that was something that always stuck out to me. Yeah. I was actually Joe's neighbor in uh canton for a while and uh i honestly can say i've never heard that guy say anything bad about anyone he's just a class act guy and uh 
But on top of that, he's a hilarious guy too. He's always oh uh, my god, smart aleck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got to be one of the funniest guys going for sure. Um, I remember when we played for him, just some of the things that would come out of his mouth when, even when he was all heated up at the boys and stuff like that, he wasn't too happy with us. Some of the things would just make you laugh, and you're trying not to laugh at him because he was so mad, but. You know, going to some of the like the the banquets and that where he had to speak, uh, you know, at some of these uh, NCAA tournaments and different things, like he he would just put on a show and have everyone kind of laughing in their seats and that. He's just a great guy to be around. Let's um, switch some gears right now and get into this current season with the Golden Knights. And if you could give us a little bit of a a background of your your team, you know, who's in who's in the pipes for you, you know, some of your star players, who you're expecting to be some of your rookies to contribute and just give the listeners a little bit of background about this year's, this year's team. Yeah. Pretty excited about this year's team, to be honest with you. Um, obviously we still got some things to work on. It's early on, but, uh, but they've shown us quite a bit here in the preseason and, and early on in these games and that. So uh, we're pretty optimistic about the, the, the team and that, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to pick up a, uh, an all American transfer goalie that uh, came to us from uh, Ohio state. Um, she's a red shirt, so she uh, she came to kind of finish her her MBA here at Clarkson, and um, you know, so she she had a good weekend last weekend, kind of made some big saves when we needed her to. So um, so far, so good with her, and, and even our other goalies have have done a really good job competing with each other and um, showing a lot of promise in that. So we're pretty excited about the, what we have between the pipes there, and um, so you know, our defense. You know, we got some solid defensemen too. We got some kids that, uh, you know, were part of Hockey Canada's um, senior camp just that uh, recently went on that uh, should kind of lead the way with for us. But, uh, you know, we got some good defensemen that can, can move the puck pretty well and add to the offense, which is pretty nice uh, to have as well. And then up front, you know, we're pretty, I would say we're a pretty deep team. We return our whole first line from last year that, uh, had an absolute unbelievable season. Um, all three of them were just a menace to play against, to be honest with you, for other teams. So uh, we're hoping that they can kind of bring the same thing that they brought last year and maybe even expand on that. You know, it might be difficult to do, but um, they're such good and talented players that uh, I can definitely see them even having better seasons than that. But, you know, even even our other players there, we have some kids that can contribute, to, uh, you know, offensively and defensively and, I think that's what's made us a pretty strong team over the last few years is that uh, we've had a deep team. Uh, so it makes it a little difficult on other teams to kind of match up against us and that. So that's the one thing that we're looking for out of this year's squad and, and our, you know, incoming freshmen and that is just to kind of contribute all areas of the game and that and just be difficult to play against and make it tough for other teams. Matt, we uh, we just had Grant Fuhrer on and, and basically what he – one of the things that stuck out to me was talking about winning a Stanley Cup, you know, five times and the determination it takes to win just a second uh, championship, let alone a third and a fourth. My, my question for you is what kind of pressure do you feel, you know, looking at a, a possible three-peat? You know, are you steady as you go, you know, doing the tried and true practice or do you feel like you got to change things up to keep it fresh and – you know, because I think the end game is looking at a, a possible third national title, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, for myself, it, 
I don't look at things as pressure. Uh, you know, I put a lot, I, I guess I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good job and stuff like that, but uh, I don't ever see anything as pressure. I get that question quite a bit, to be honest with you, but I don't ever get that. I don't ever get the sense of, of feeling pressure from any outside sources and that I feel I'm just confident in the team that we have. And if we go about things the right way, that, uh, things will take care of themselves. I'm a big person, big believer on, you know, kind of stick with the process. I know that's a big kind of buzzword uh, nowadays and that we've been using it for quite a while here, you know, within our team culture and stuff, but I'm a big believer. And if we just kind of focus on the, the daily habits and the, the day-to-day work that we put in, I think the big things will kind of take care of themselves. So, um, but to jump off your question too, do I feel the need that we need to change things up when things are going well? I think, I think you have to, to be honest with you. I think you always got to be thinking uh, on ways to improve, even when you're at the, the pinnacle on the top. You don't ever want to get complacent. And obviously we take things that uh, have worked well for us in the past and maybe we, we don't mess with them or some, maybe we make little tweaks to them. But I think you always got to think outside the box and think of uh, new ways to do things as well. So um, I always tell my assistant coaches and that, you know, they got to constantly be thinking, you know, thinking of the new things and bringing new things to the table and, and we'll just have discussions and we'll kind of go from there. And I think our players like it too. It's not monotonous. It's always changing. And, uh, you know, they get to learn a lot from that, from doing things that way as well. Hey, coming from SLU, do you, uh, you know, that train horn at Clarkson, does it take you a while to get used to that? Cause it's annoying as hell to anybody that's from Canton. <laughs> I know that thing. Is, I actually, I absolutely love it now. Um, <laughs> um I, I love one of the one of the reasons I love it so much is I love watching other teams, uh, you know, to start the game for the starting lineups and everything. I love watching other teams when that thing goes off because I always take a look at the freshmen because they don't know what's coming. Yeah. And they they got to be jumping about ten feet in the air when that thing goes off, but it's loud. But but now to be honest with you, I don't I don't ever remember the horn at uh, Appleton being as loud as it actually is. Yeah. That little horn that they got go off, that thing is loud. So yeah, I didn't really notice it as a player being that loud, but now as an opposing coach, when that thing goes off, oh, I can hear that, that down crazy at a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, coach, it's um, you know I know the Potsdam community in the North Country has been behind you 100, percent and uh, I think you feel a lot of support from the locals. And uh, I know, like, they had a bunch of stuff for you guys when you came back after your national championship. And it was good to see the community get involved with the university and, and support you guys. Have uh, have you seen a great amount of support from the community? Yeah, it's, it's been awesome, to be honest with you. It hasn't just been Potsdam, too. It's been, like, the whole North Country. Um, you know, even a lot of people from Canton and, and everything reaching out or coming to our celebration, you know, even – even St. Lawrence fans and that, uh, you know, that's one thing I love about the North country is it's like, we're all kind of in this together. Obviously you have your allegiances and stuff like that, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all kind of in this together and you definitely see that once, uh, you know, we've had the success that we've had in the community really kind of rallies around it. And, you know, each time we've won, we've had, you know, police escorts back into town and, and fire trucks going around and, uh, a pretty big celebration with the, the, the fans and that and the community and stuff. Yeah. So it, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's great to see. So guys, let's uh, let's wrap it up with Coach here and everybody get, got a quick question for him. 
I'll start it off here. Well, you're a Canadian guy, so with the NHL starting up tonight, who's your team? Uh, it used to be the Red Wings, to be honest with you. I was a big Steve Eiserman fan, but uh, uh, I always had a soft spot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I grew up uh, not too far away from Toronto and that, so I always had a soft spot for them. And, uh, they were kind of the, the team for me that you love to hate a little bit. You get frustrated with some of the things that they did and some of the moves that they made, but now I really enjoy watching them play. They got some exciting players in that, and uh, whenever I watch those games, you never know what's going to happen. They could they can win seven nothing or lose seven nothing. You never know, but it's always an exciting game. Yeah, it'll be a good season this year, for sure. Yeah, uh, Matt, if you're uh, looking to get a cold one in Potsdam, New York, where do you go to get a cold frosty beer? Oh, a cold one. Um, to be honest with you, it, I'd probably say Jake's because it's Jake's on the water there in Hanwell Falls because it's. Uh, oh yeah. It was on the it was on the way home from uh, from work to my house oh, when, I, when I was living out in Higley there. So it was a nice quick easy stop in that, and a nice little uh, deck out on the water in the summer. So it was pretty nice. Nice. Well, we always have a seat for you between the buns. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. We actually like going there too. They got some good uh, boneless wings. I love it. We like going there after games a little bit. I gotta watch going there though sometimes because I don't want to run into any of my players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt. Uh, I your son, I think, compete. Maybe your son or your daughter competed in the uh, big wheel races in Canton last year, and I think they came up a bit short of the oh, yeah. championship. I think they may have came up a bit short of the championship in their age division. Have you been doing any uh, work with them in the uh, driveway? <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest with you. My wife's the one that probably uh, she's the one that's probably harder on them. You guys know my wife; she's pretty competitive in that. So my wife's done. She's done Ironmans and marathons, and she, to be honest with you, I always say it. She's probably the best athlete I, I know or not. So um, she does a great job getting our our kids involved in a lot of different activities and that. And they love it too. So yeah, but. Uh, yeah, we got to get the big wheels going here a little bit. I think uh, <laughs> put a better showing in next year. I guess. There we go, Coach. What do you think of Fortnite? <laughs> to be honest with you, I know nothing about it. I don't want to get involved in that. So I, I got enough uh, video and stuff on my hands that I don't need to be getting involved in that stuff. So I just stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> Same with us. We're too old for that yeah. shit. That is uh, actually, I think was it Vancouver. They just to ban that the Canucks ban that from their players. Somebody did, <laughs> but yeah, they started oh, to ban wow. that shit, so they can't even play it. But anyways, guys, uh, great interview, and we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight, Coach. We wish you the best of luck. And if you haven't got your season tickets for the for the Golden Knight women's team yet, get out and get those and get to the games coming up here. When's the first game this weekend? Home game. Yeah, we play Friday. Yeah, we play Friday at uh, six o'clock, and then Saturday at uh, three p.m. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on, Matt. We really appreciate it. Good luck. Let's All right, thanks, guys. That was great. Time, coach. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. That was great. All right, appreciate it. Yeah. Three p. All right. We'll do our best. <laughs> no pressure. Okay. Take care, guys. All right, Coach uh, Matt DeRozier from the Women's Golden Knights program at Clarkson University, three-time national champion there two back-to-backs so uh looking for good things this coming season from them especially you know him outlining he's got the top line coming back i mean that's crazy 
you know, to win a national championship back to back and still have your first line come back the next season and then have an all American goalie come in from Iowa state. I mean, that's just, just great. We talk all about how goalies can you know, win championships. So sounds pretty good for the golden Knights. It's almost like he has a magic wand or something in his, in his hockey bag or something to what he's done. Derek and I talked about it earlier. It's, unreal what he's done to this small market team and he kind of touched on it a little bit too uh, you know competing with ohio state minnesota wisconsin you know wisconsin's where uh brianna decker played they won you know numerous championships out there so clarkson to win back to back is unreal and uh what a great guy yeah and women's hockey or men's hockey i mean it doesn't matter either way you don't see the men's programs winning you know back-to-back titles either. I mean, it's, it's a huge feat, you know, on all spectrums of college sports in general, you know, not even think, hockey. Think you know, about it. Uh, football or something. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's been coaching there since 2008, right? He's got three national championships, two ECAC championships, and four regular season championships in the ECAC in, in 10 years. I mean, that's people – I mean, there's some coaches that would be happy to have that in their career, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's done that in, in 10 years. So, I mean, he's three, obviously three ECAC coach of the year. Yeah. And he's, I think he, now. I think he had a, you know, I can't remember. I think he was national coach of the year one time too. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Good talking to him and down to earth guy, just like the rest of these hockey players we continue to talk to. Everybody's down to earth. They're hoping the best for him and, and uh, Clarkson this year for sure. Yeah, so all of the listeners out there, let's get out and watch the uh, Clarkson Golden Knights play this year, get them some support. You know, it's good to get early and watch the games early in the season. Um, you know, sometimes we wait until they're, you know, towards the end of the season and they're playing really well and they're getting their playoffs. But let's get out there and support the team. Playoffs. 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 Yeah. playoffs. They're both you out there. Me? we got plenty of hockey playoffs. in the area. Get out and watch the hockey. The NHL season is back. There it is. It feels, I think baby. Ovechkin's still hung over, isn't he? I, I, I feel like they just fucking won. I think he so got vodka going straight into the veins. I don't yeah. even know if they gave the cup back yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's back now. The season started. But there's a couple of games tonight. Uh, the NHL season kicked off tonight. Uh, Capitals versus Bruins. Uh, tonight the Capitals are actually raising the banner. Um I think they uh, actually kicked the shit out of uh, Boston. Did anyone see the final score of that? I think it's uh, six to nothing right now um, as we speak. Nine minutes left in the third. Um, so uh, that's a crazy game for them. It's pretty big to raise the banner the first time they ever raised the banner in uh, Washington. And then there's Toronto versus Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver, and the late game Ducks versus Sharks tonight. But uh, – the NHL season is back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, feel, I feel bad for uh, Tom Wilson. You know, they're raising the banner tonight, getting their rings, and uh, he's suspended for 20 games. You know, that kind of sucks as a player on the first line. Has to, you know, watch that from and playing close. So. Did, did everyone see the hits? Has anyone has yeah. everyone seen all the hits that he's been suspended? What What's your take on it, Mark? You're a big well, hitter. You're a big hitter in hockey. Hitters in hockey, they look for it. So, yeah, so yeah, we're looking for – I was a big hitter. I consider myself as a big hitter in hockey too. I always look for the hit. Um, 
yeah, I was, I was, you know, playing the puck, but 50, 50, I was looking, playing for the puck to, uh, you know, make a good play, but I was always looking for that big hit too. And to me, that's what Tom Wilson does. So what do you think, Mark? You saw all three hits. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll talk about the current hit. Um, well, the way I saw it is the guy come across, came across the center of the ice. He was just, just getting rid of the puck and he fucking laid him out. And, you know, you can say, you know, it's a dirty hit, whatever it was, hit him in the head. But that guy had his head down and he came across the center of the ice and you have to put some of that on the forward. You can't come across the center of the ice with your head down or you're going to get fucking blasted. That's what hockey's about, right? You know, and I, I, that was me as a player. And I saw a guy vulnerable coming across the center of the ice. And as a defenseman, I know he's not a defenseman, but I was, I would stick that guy, you know, as hard as I could. You know, that's Keep how I was. Keep your head up. That's how I was trained to play. That's the way I was taught to play hockey. If you can lay a guy out, you don't pussyfoot around, you knock him in the next week. You know, so how can you tell these big hitters that have been playing this way their whole life to see a guy coming across the middle with their head down not to lay him out? I mean, that's just what's part of the game. you got to put some of this on the forwards and say, hey, keep your head up or don't go to the middle or, you know, you know put yeah. some of that on them. Yeah, we obviously agree with keep your head up around here. <laughs> the, the NHL actually, you know, made a rule. It's rule 48.1 if anyone wants to look it up. And what they're trying to do is just minim- just like the NFL, minimize, you know, head contact. So there's three components to this rule 48.1. And the first one is about hitting an opponent's head. Now they're saying with that is if the player had a chance to hit the full body. So you ha- if you had a chance to take him out from the hips down, that's a big part of it. And then the other two components are, you know, if the opponent put him, if the, you know, the player with the puck put himself in that spot, a vulnerable spot, and then they look at, did the player with the puck change position in the last, you know, second, it's even less than a second in the NHL. So to me, that rule is they're trying to crack down on the big hits. And yeah, like Mark was saying, I totally agree with you, Mark. That's old school hockey. That's how we played hockey. Um, most of us, Derek, Rob, Mark, and myself, we're all big hitters. Um, it was a physical game and we played and we could hit like that. But now that they're kind of, you know, following the concussion protocols and this and that, they implemented this rule. And the biggest key component, I'll say it again, is did the player have a chance, the defender have a chance to hit the full body instead of the head? And that kind of, with that rule said, I guess, yeah, it's a suspension. But to me, looking problem, back at it. Yeah, the problem with that, though, Pat, like, well, this is how I see it. Go to the NFL and the NHL, you know, because they're both trying to do the same thing. The problem is that, you know, they're putting all these variables in place that take a lot of the uh, gamesmanship actually out of the players and put, like, <clears throat> the results of the games into the referees because there's too much – they're giving too much discretion to refs, you know, like these rules are so broad, you know, so they're up to interpretation from who's ever refing the game. So a lot of players are getting hurt now. A lot, a lot of players are getting hurt, like trying to like hold up for a hit or trying to, 
you know, to, you know, not follow through on a hit or whatever. And also, you know, you have, you have uh, plays being called and penalties being called that are, you know, you know, disrupting the outcome of a game, you know, but um, th that's the world we live in now. You know, they, they don't want to, me personally, I'd rather get hit in the head than have somebody break my knees, to be honest with you. So, but um, it's, yeah. it's the world we live in. It's the world we live in now. So. Yeah. Like you said, with the, um, the NFL quarterbacks now getting protected, like ridiculously getting protected. I mean, yeah. this is just crazy. And you take a guy like Tom Wilson, good hard nosed player. Um, sure. He's, he's hit some people, you know, questionably in the last couple of years, but they just took away a quarter of his season and in the, fucking preseason and then he he's losing out now on uh 1.6 million dollars so he's not getting paid for it you know so that's a pretty big fine for just following through on a check i mean i could see a, a few games you know a few games is a lot you know if you get suspended for a few games that sucks you know as a player if you can't play for three four games that's a lot but 20 games i mean you're you're screwing with a guy's career you know that your guy's trying to you know, make, you know, make it in the NHL, become one of the best players in the NHL. You take half a quarter of his season away. There goes all of his chances for any kinds of awards or anything like that at the end of the year, because he's missing out on too much of a season. You know, so I think the penalty is too severe. I think they would need to look at that and, uh, you know, maybe back off on how many games they give a guy. I think they're just basing it on it because he's a repeat offender. Um, if you look at it, it's, I mean, you remember when Scott Stevens hit fucking Lindros? It's almost identical. If, it, you know, if you could put Lindros and Scott Stevens' uh, head on each of their bodies, you know, Wilson and that other guy, the guy he hit, it's an identical play. So his um, head goes down then. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... What's it say to the guys like you know coming through the middle of your with not paying attention, keeping your head your head down? I mean, that's taking the skill away from the players to keep their head up and know when the hits are coming. You know, so you're you're trying to make it safer, but you're making it so their forwards don't have to pay attention as much, or what? You know, like put some of it on them. I know. I was watching uh, the NFL this past weekend, and. Uh, I think it was Monday Night Football. There was a running back. I think the flag was thrown, and um, uh, what someone on the defensive team they thought they were getting a penalty, and I heard someone in the crowd yell, "He's a fucking running back!" You know that <laughs> that the refs are you know calling all kinds of hits on these running backs. When what are you supposed to do with a running back when you're on defense? You're supposed to fucking put him into the turf, you know. Uh, this is the first year I've seen three uh, stoppage of plays that would have been sacks. The quarterbacks were standing up. Tweet, 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 tweet. Oh, oh, he was about to fall down. He was about <laughs> to fall down. Yeah, oh. getting a little soft. I think we got some snow snowflakes at the top of the chain in some of these sports. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, touch on um, tonight. We talked about uh, um, Washington raising the banner tonight. They also got their Stanley Cup rings. Um, if no one's checked out the rings yet, you got to Google it. It's uh, the rings are pretty sick. Um, but Alex uh, Ovi, Alex uh, Ovechkin actually bought all the significant others um, necklaces. 
um, that actually looked like the top of the rings. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think it's a new trend. I think you'll see that every year moving forward. Um, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? That's a pretty cool idea, don't you think? To, it's he's very, got the it's very, very sweet, Pat. It's very sweet. It's I think it's cool, man. I mean, they're part of it. They're the family, the wives, and kid, they take care of the kids and everything. So, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, that's very, that's very, very cool. I mean, I, I think that's great. I, um, if they want to ship one up to us, I mean, we'll wear, we'll wear the necklaces, won't we? I already sent an email. I, I think we deserve yeah. at least one ring for the four of us. I would say. And all at the least. promoting we do. Jesus. What about uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton tonight? A little clean shaven. Clean the old beard off. Do you guys remember he got in a fight with uh, Kadri of the Maple Leafs? Do you guys remember that last year? And uh, ripped his beard off. Yet when they were fighting, he he didn't have the jersey or anything. He actually had Joe's fucking beard. And when the fight was over, a handful of it was uh, on the ice. I didn't, didn't see that. that. No, yeah, I didn't. Pretty good. They actually. Uh, Joe kept his beard. It's in like a urn, a San Jose Sharks urn, <laughs> and they're going to keep it forever. But I thought tonight, you know, thinking back and watching all the old school players uh, in the 70s and late 80s and what they looked like, you know, in 10 or 15 years to see Brett Burns and Joe Thornton and remember Lane's fucking Amish beard in the playoffs <laughs> last year. Like, could you Why? imagine? Can you imagine some of those hockey cards and, you know, when the kids, our kids will grow up and they'll be all the clean shave, prim and proper. They'll be like, look at Joe fucking Thornton's beard. <laughs> so you guys want to get into a little rundown on the uh, NHL teams? A little, little recap of what we got to work with here and, uh, just so the listeners know, we've broken it up a little bit, and uh, I'm taking the Atlantic Division. Uh, D-Train has the Metro. Robbie's got the Pacific, and Uncle Lardy has the Central. So Derek, Derek has the Metro because he's kind of Metro. Metro, sexual. So I'm going to run down a little bit of what I got in the Atlantic League. You guys want to do it? Uh, I go one team, and then you go one team. Or you want me to do all six, or? Do all six. I got to take a leak. Oh, here we <laughs> go again. Well, I think arguably um, the Atlantic's probably got some of the best teams in, in the league. Um, you know, with Tampa Bay, I'll start with Tampa. Um, you know, they've got a, a great team coming back. They haven't made really any moves in the off season. Um, so, you know, not to – they got knocked off in the in the playoffs last year. Yeah. You know, you think they would have yeah. made some kind of move to get a little bit better, but uh, Iserman really didn't make any moves. But they still have, you know, pretty awesome team with Stamkos, uh, Kucherov. I mean, they have uh, Kucherov could be a Hart Trophy winner. You know, they have Hedman. You know, been talked about the best defenseman in the league. You know, so Norris Trophy candidate right there at defense. And then the goalie, you know, the goalie's up for uh, the Vezina Trophy. So, I mean, they have, you know, the potential to have at those three positions some of the best in the NHL. And, you know, it's just uh, 
and they play with each other at the right at the right time. Yeah, so they're they're really looking good. Um, the one thing that I've I've seen that they they didn't do well last year and they didn't really improve on at all this year was the uh, penalty kill. They were fourth in the league in penalty kill, and they got blasted on the power play. So they really need to step it up. Um, against the power play this year, or they're, they're, I don't think they're going to be able to compete. But like I said, they haven't made too many chance, changes um, at all. They got pretty much the same team coming back. So they're all played together. They've had a lot of playoff experience. Um, besides the Penguins and the Capitals, they have more playoff uh, appearances than anybody else in the league right now. So oh, yeah. oh, moving yeah. on. I'm going to move it on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's uh, Obviously, with JT coming to the picture, they're really going to be stepping up their offensive game. They have three of the best centers in the league. Um, Tavares on the first line, Matthews on the second line, and Kadri uh, centering the third line. And uh, their power play, I don't know if you got saw any of the game tonight, but Matthews ended up sniping a goal on the power play. Their power play is sick. They actually took um, all three of those guys and put them on the first power. So they have three centers on their first power play. And uh, that probably creates some problems after the power play's over. So who's going to center the next line coming on if your three centers have been on the ice for a minute and a half? So they're probably going to have to go to their fourth, fourth line after their playoff chance or their uh, power play chances. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But um, a lot of good players in Toronto, um, Lindstrom, uh, or Lindholm, I mean, he, he's a new player with them. You have uh, the defense, I think, is kind of shaky. I think that's what's going to hurt the Leafs. They have a lot of power up front, and they're going to have to rely on a lot of goals. Um, their goalie's pretty good. Anderson's been well. He's he's played well. He's been in the league for a while. So we should see some good things out of him. But their D is, is just okay. They have Hainsley, Riley, um, a couple top guys on their defense. But they're not – they're not as deep in the defensive end. So I, I'm going to predict that the Leafs need to step it up in their defense. And uh, if their D can't control the game and, and stop the pucks going the net, they're really going to need a lot of firepower from some of those studs they have on offense. So I'd like to see uh, how that power play works out with those three centers. And uh, obviously with those three centers, their top three lines are going to be pretty good. So I'd like to see the Leafs. Uh, do good things this year. They made some good moves. They're moving on to the Bruins. The Bruins have, you know, been good for the last few years. They haven't made too many changes in the offseason, but they brought in a couple guys. The defense is stacked. Their offense has one of one of the best lines in the league with Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Um, you know, I think those guys are going to carry the offense. One of the things that the Bruins don't have is a very deep offense so if they get some injuries especially on that first line you're going to see some issues with the Bruins um, you know their their defense is stacked they got good eight good defensemen um, we'll see what Mac Charlie McAvoy can do he's uh, going to be in his sophomore season so hopefully he doesn't have any sophomore blues and he can continue to what he did last year Chiara being 40 plus he's going to have to prove himself this year to see if he can um continue to play. Tuka Rask and Nets obviously um, been stellar, so I think he'll be good back there. Tori Krug just got hurt. He's going to be out about four weeks. He's the staple on the 
uh, on the point and their power play. So they're going to have to put McAvoy or somebody else in that spot for their first power for the next four weeks. So that's a question there too. Young guy coming in, Ryan Donato. You know, we all like Ryan. Uh, he's going to be a good player in the league. So we'll see what he has to contribute. So if Ryan steps it up and gets, you know, 30, 20, 30 goals, that'll be huge for the Bruins because they are lacking a little bit of depth in the offense. The Panthers, you know, the Panthers are one of those teams I never really paid too much attention to. I'm not a huge Panthers guy, but um, they actually came on pretty strong at the end of the year. They had uh, 25, 8, and 2 from January on. So they only lost eight games from January on. Last year, they really stepped it up. Barkov is unreal. What's yep, Barkov's Barkov's great. The uh, one goal in nets for them. Ekbad on D. Hoffman just came in. They just got picked up Hoffman. Um, I think he was from the Senators, right? So yeah. they, um, I think the biggest thing for them is they can't have a slow start like they did last year, especially in the Atlantic Division. It's a pretty deep division, so they need to come out flying. Um, they didn't really show it at the end of the year with their 25 and 8 uh, from January on. So that's going to be a big test for them. If they can step it up the beginning of the season and start winning right away, they might have a chance to contend for a playoff spot. Otherwise, they'll, uh, they'll make playoffs. They have a late start. Oh, yeah. You know, they have a really good goalie. I think Grant Fuhrer said it. You know, he would pick Carey Price and Luongo for his goalies. So, I mean, if he's hot, that's going to be big for them. Who else do we got in the league? The Sabres, Robbie Sabres. They just uh, named Michael Captain today. Yep. So that was big for him. Big news, big news yep. Yeah, good for him. Uh, Bogosian's assistant. So the uh, top line for the for the Sabers, Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt have been actually really good. And I don't know if you caught any of their their games in the, the preseason, but they they've been meshing pretty well. I think that's going to be big for them. Um, Carter Hutton's coming in as a new goalie for them, so that's going to be a big question mark to see how he plays. I mean, they're pretty big underdogs, 75-1 and one to win the Cup this year. They got a lot of question marks. They got a lot of new guys, um, you know, so it's going to be a, just, you know, I, I have no, no idea how they're going to do it. I don't think anybody else does. It just, just depends yeah. on how Still well early. some of these young guys play. Yeah, it's um, a, uh, you know, Rasmus Dahlin, yeah, we all know he's going to be a big question mark. How is he going to play on D? Zach Bogosian, is he going to stay healthy? You know, so a couple of big questions for them. I'm not going to spend too much more time on the Sabres. The last team I have in the in the Atlantic is the Canadians. And I don't really don't know what the Canadians have been doing lately. I mean, they traded their captain again, and they just named, I think, Shea Weber as a captain this week. But uh, he's hurt till middle of December. So he's not even in the lineup right now. Carey Price apparently is getting paid like $15 million this year. I don't know if that's bonuses or whatever, but that's his price tag for him this year. So he had a pretty shitty year last year, and uh, that's going to be a big question mark for the for the Habs. If they don't uh, have a carry price at the top of his game, they're not going anywhere. Um, you know, they got a couple of good young guys that are coming up playing for them because they're not that good. So a couple of their prospects actually made the lineup, and uh, Max Domi, you know, came over. So – who knows what he's going to do, but he's not, he's a six goal 
I think he had six goals last year or something like that. So I wouldn't expect too much out of him. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, that's that's the Canadians. I mean, you know, they just, I don't know, Pacioretty, uh, you know, they got rid of him. Um, they got rid of Subban a couple of years ago. I just don't know what direction they're going in. And I think they're kind of in a rebuilding stage like the Rangers. They just lost to uh, Toronto tonight, three to two in overtime. So uh, I guess that's a big, pretty big game there. Uh, let's stay right on the East Coast, Derek. What do you have in your uh, Metro Sexual League? Well, listen, um, I'll talk a little bit about it. I won't talk as long as Mark or else he might talk to the next podcast. But um, <laughs> listen, we I, I think it it boils down. Obviously, you got eight teams in that division. There's uh, it's going to probably boil down to the, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals probably at the top of that division, right? So the rest of them, you know, are kind of probably battling it out for the rest of the spots. But um, the Devils, you know, are, you know, in the playoffs last year. Um, you look at, you know, a team like the – look at look at a team like the Islanders. To start with, you know, they lost Tavares. Uh, they have a new front office, a coaching staff. They're kind of weak in the net. Um you know, their only true goal scorers are probably Matt Barzell and Josh Bailey. So, I mean, Islanders probably going to have a little bit of a rough season. The Rangers, although I'm a, you know, a huge fan, obviously, um, they have, they got Quinner. We, uh, we can we, we say Quinner, right? You can now, yes. Okay. And they got the, uh, you know, the old man in that still with Lundqvist. But, you know, they got a young roster uh, mixed in. You know, they got like a, like a, a young a young leading the younger kind of uh, uh, roster, you know. So they got Kreider and they got Zuccarello and those guys kind of leading the way. But they got a lot of young guys. It's kind of kind of a crapshoot. I think nationally the Rangers are looked at like they're not going to have a good season. But um, I think they might actually surprise somebody. They're, they're, they're a team that I think that could creep up into the top three spots in that division maybe. Um the Capitals, obviously, they're, you know, coming to the season as a Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, you know, they just won tonight. I think it was 7 nothing tonight, right, against Boston? They have all their guys back except, That's like, a, yeah. seven that are low-end players. Yeah. I mean, they're returning the same team. So, I mean, it's like, obviously, unless, you know, they deal with a bunch of injuries, it's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be one of the favorites to win the Cup. Um that's the bottom line. Then you, we move on to the Penguins. Uh, they have to, two of the best players in the NHL, right, playing at center. They got Malkin and Crosby. They got uh, pretty decent goaltending. They got uh, Kessel uh, mixed in there, too, at, at forward. And then they got uh, Chris Letang at defense, you know, so that he anchors a pretty strong defensive unit. They'll be right up in the mix with, uh, with the Capitals. So after that, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, – Pat, down in your territory, right, buddy? They got oh, yeah. Rod, Rod Brindamore taking over at head coach. He's kind of a, you know, he he was a hard-nosed player in his day, so maybe he'll bring some kind of, you know, grittiness to that roster. But um, they they acquired Michael Furland, but they had, you know, they had a lot of changes. Uh, they're, they're probably going to, to me anyways, they're probably a middle-of-the-pack team in that division, um, maybe around 500. I think last year they were maybe two games over 500. And they got uh, it kind of all boils down to Scott Darling. I think they traded, they, they took him from Chicago Blackhawks a couple of years ago, uh, goaltender, signed a four year deal. 
last year he wasn't very good and uh they're kind of looking for him to to rebound from that kind of bad season that that he had last year and and kind of reestablish himself as a you know starting goaltender in the league so um from there you know you're kind of left with the flyers and the blue jackets the blue jackers coach tortorello you know they got a lot of got a couple ex-rangers down there playing too they're going to be a hard-nosed team flyers are the same way you know wayne simmons and claude Giroux. uh you know they're always both those teams are probably going to be there so i think i think if if you put the metropolitan division you know starting today the starting day of the nhl you probably put the capitals at the top you probably put the uh, penguins right below them and then maybe the devils Flyers and Rangers and Blue Jackets in that same mix. And I think uh, Carolina and Islanders are going to be kind of at the bottom of that division. Yeah. And the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, for the Central, um, it's kind of up for me. I don't know. I think I, my pick is Nashville. I mean, their defense is one of the top defense core in the league. Uh, they run very deep. Of course, they have you know, Rene as their goalie. So uh, that's pretty big. Uh, to me, the whole central division, it comes down to the goalies, which I think in general is the NHL. I think Mark touched on that a little bit. Um, you know, if the Blackhawks could actually come back, they've been pretty awful in the last couple of years. So if Corey Crawford can stay healthy, I think the Blackhawks could actually come back up. I mean, at one point they were the, uh, you know, top, top team in the NHL. Um, so he's the X factor. Um, but I think Blackhawks are going to, he's kind of older. So I think he's, they're going to be on the, the bottom of the standings. I think it's actually going to be the um, stars and the predators up top. The stars are just talented with players. I mean, they got, they're just, they just go so deep and then they got Bishop in that. Um, he's still one of the top goalies. So I'm going to put the stars, then I'm going to go with the pre actually I'm going to go with the predators, and then the stars, um, and then I'm probably going to have to take it over to um, Colorado. Uh, they got some pretty good players over there. They got Kerfoot, who um, just in preseason's been lightening up. Uh, he's that he's this I think the Hobie Baker runner up from Harvard, um, and he's just been doing really well. So I got the Nashville, then I'm going to go with the Stars, then I'm going to go with the Avalanche, and then it's between the Wild and the Blackhawks. I don't know what those two are going to do, but the Wild's going to have to step it up. Um, they're all, they've are all they been injury-prone the last couple years, so uh, if they got an older team, if their players can uh, stay healthy, they they could, you know, be, you know, come in third place. Um, but to uh, wrap it all up, it comes to everyone's goaltending in the Central Division. But uh, my preseason um, bet is uh, Nashville, Stars, Avalanche, Wild, Blackhawks. There you go. And Mark, to your point, the reason why I left off the Rangers, I think they're the wild card in that division. Honestly, I, think, I don't think you can put them at the bottom or the top. I think they're kind of they could end up being at the very bottom, or they could be, you know, pushing for a playoff spot. I don't think you know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, both, the, uh, 
Both the uh, Islanders and the Rangers are 81, 80 to one odds in that division. So not very good. Yes, I have uh, the Pacific Conference, Anaheim, Edmonton, Los Angeles, San Jose, Vancouver, Vegas. I mean, that's a pretty nice list. Okay, so Uh, next. uh, All right. So, (laughs) well, I mean, for me, when I look at the list, I, I, I haven't watched a lot of the the Western Conference, Pacific, you know, conference specifically. So it's new to me. But when I look at the list, Anaheim, Troy Terry, we had him on. I'm obviously interested in Anaheim. So starting lineup tonight. Ryan Getzlaff, Ryan Kessler, Corey Perry, who's out, Patrick Eves. They've got a you know pretty good lineup. There's some good guys there. Arizona, Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, Christian Fisher, Eric Steppen. You know, there's Fish. some guys there. We call him Fish. Fish, yep. Calgary, Matt, Matthew Kachuk, and uh, Johnny Goudreau is out there. I, I don't know uh, a whole lot about Calgary, but I'm certainly going to. I'm excited for Calgary this year. I like yeah, Calgary. It's pretty good. Yep. Edmonton, you know, obviously Connor McDavid. I, I don't know a whole lot about Edmonton yet, but I'll be watching a whole lot more, you know, their games this year. So. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, obviously, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk's return. That's huge. The guy's nasty, so I'll be watching him for sure. Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quicker on that team. You know, Quick's uh, uh, an amazing goaltender. They're going to be a, a tough Tough team. San Jose, we got Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Joe Thornton, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns. I'm sure, <laughs> sure the list goes is that, on. Uh, is that an all star team? <laughs> sure the list goes on. Um, San Jose is actually my pick. I, I, yeah, I for think sure. they're, they're going to be the top of the, the Pacific. Uh, Vancouver, you know, uh, Granlin, Thatcher Demko, uh, Boston College. Right? Yeah. Uh, Vegas, Pacioretty just got out there. I'll be watching to see, you know, how he does. You know, he's got something to prove, just traded, new plays. Vegas has got something to prove again. Uh, Picked up Stasny. Stasny, yep. yeah. yeah. Uh, Flower. They got Flower. Your, your man, Pacioretty. You know, you know, the Flower last year had his best career ever, so – it's going to be tough for him and the whole, you know, Vegas Knight team to repeat what they did. Um, you know, I, I have a hard on for the flower just because of his story and what he did to get to where he is. But uh, he had his best career ever last year, and he's been in the league for almost two centuries. And I don't, I don't, I think his numbers have to go down this year. Um, and then the whole team with the, uh, nothing to prove, they do have something to prove now. So it's going to be exciting year. I'll see what Vegas does. Yeah. They have some good players. I mean, they have, uh, you know, obviously they picked up Stasny, but, uh, William Carlson, he's a stud first line center for them. And you still have, uh, Alex Tuck had a great year for them last year. Thomas Tatar second line. So they, they have some good players. I mean, I wouldn't count them out. No, definitely not. It's going to be a good year. Just getting started, boys. How are the Yankees doing? Six nothing Yankees. Six nothing. Nice. What yeah. about uh, 
Patrick Mahomes or Derek talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, all the, the homie? publicity. All the, the, homies? the publicity they're getting, it's unreal. It is unreal. It makes me I don't like it because I'm used to the Chiefs sucking. So, but um, now the guy's unreal. I mean, it's not like I mean they keep saying like you know well he hasn't shown if he can come back you know when the team's down or whatever. Well, he proved that wrong. Um, Monday Night Football. I mean, I don't know if you, did you guys watch the Monday Night Football game at all or not? I did. I mean, yes. I watched it through the, the guys. I mean, the guys. He scrambled out of the pocket, like getting chased by Von Miller and Shane Ray of the Denver Broncos. And it's like third and something, third and long. You know, game's on the line. They were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. And uh, Von Miller goes to set to tackle. And he, he, he did tackle. He gets him by the ankles. He's going down. He switches the ball from his right hand to his left hand. And fucking throws like an eight-yard pass with his left hand to Tyreek Hill for a first down. that kept that drive going. They went on to... You know, Kareem Hunt scored a touchdown at the end of that drive, and they won the game. But this guy, I mean, the hype is, I think, real for him. And uh, it's it's hard for me to, to look at because, I mean, the Chiefs have, haven't had a franchise quarterback in my entire lifetime. You know, like I mean, I'm 39 years old. I've never seen the Chiefs with a franchise quarterback. So it's he's just exciting a, to watch. He's just an yeah. athlete. I, I watched his little – the little pregame before Monday night football. And uh, he could have played base pro baseball or yeah. he went uh, into football, but just watching him as a little kid, they had little clips of him and he's a pure athlete. He uh, just wants to win. He's young. Um, and to your point, Derek, there's numerous times, not just that one that Derek was no. just talking about, but, Numerous times that he was getting tackled or pulled down, or he would throw across his body and yeah. make a perfect pass. And that was the first time Monday Night Football this past Monday that I watched him, and I was pretty impressed. He's, um, I think he's going to be, to me, when I was watching him, he was like a Cam Newton. Yeah, he's a lot of people compare him to Aaron Rodgers. Um, quick release. He's. He's got he's got a quick release. He's super accurate. He can throw the ball a fucking mile. Um, the the biggest thing to me when I watch him, like the the Chiefs teams of the past have always been like a team like where if they like a, they went down by ten points in the fourth quarter, Chiefs are gonna lose the fucking game. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about it. This kid this kid has like no um, nothing shakes him you know like he could be I feel like he could be down by 30 in the fourth quarter and I wouldn't even rule the Chiefs out at that point like he just doesn't he has he, he just has a kind of like that if factor so it's it's fun to watch him man I it's been a long time coming for me as a Chiefs fan I know Rob being a Bills fan it's you know kind of hoping the same out of that Josh Allen guy that's um you know quarterback in them now and I think he's an athletic quarterback that can do good things but it's it's fun to watch man there's a lot of what young about, a what about Eli man yeah, I mean, he's doing well. <laughs> With that being said, what I was about to say is there's like a changing of the guard in the NFL. Like these older, like Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, like these guys, they're still good quarterbacks, you know, but it's all, this is all coming to a close. That chapter of the NFL is coming to a close. Yes. And if you got one of these, if you got one of these young guns, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, for the Rams, you know, um, Whoever, I mean, I think I even think this Josh Allen guy for the Bills is going to be legit too. But there's some young guys that it's a total changing of the guard in the NFL. It totally is. Who was uh, the quarterback that leaped the linebacker? Was it Allen? 
That's it, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaped the line. I mean, cleared it. Well, fellas, I um, wanted to talk a little bit about Tupor Hockey and, you know, talk about how good they've been to the Blue Line Hockey Club and been a, a nice partnership with us. And we uh, want all our listeners to go to uh, 24hockey.us or 24hockey.ca if you're in Canada listening and check out their gear. I know uh, everybody here really loves it. They got a lot of creative stuff. It's pretty sick. So we got a... Uh... We got a new code. It's 10BLHC15OFF. So you get 15% off any, your whole order if you go on to 24hockey.us or .ca. Again, that's 10, the month 10, BLHC15OFF. And you get 15% off your order at 24hockey. So get on there and support 24hockey. Yeah. Uh... Big fans of it here at Blue Line Hockey Club. Can't say enough good things about them over there at Tupor Hockey. Well, good episode, fellas. Nice interview with uh, Coach Matt DeRoser from the Clarkson Women's Golden Knights. And uh, can't wait to see him in this season. And a little preview from the NHL. First night of the NHL. Big stuff for the Blue Line Hockey Club coming up in the next few weeks. Until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. See ya! Keep your head up. We know. We know.